You are listening to Agent Court Church's audio podcast. For more information on Agent Court Church, including service times, how to connect, and campus locations, please visit our website at onechurch.to. Well, good morning, church family. And uh, good morning to those of you who are joining us online. Great to have you join us. I'm really excited about where we're going to go in the Bible today because there's so much confusion and even misuse of the name of Jesus. How many of, during this past week, you've heard at least one person swear using the name of the Lord in vain? I mean, it just happens so commonly in our culture. And then we come into this place and we sing a song and it says, uh, what a wonderful name it is, a beautiful name it is. And then um, you read in the Bible how Jesus says, you can ask anything in my name. At the end of this gathering today, we're going to have our prayer team pastors, elders available at the front. And I'm going to go and pray with you along with Pastor Gord online. We're going to all pray at the end of this teaching time together for those that are looking for the name of Jesus to be a powerful name. And uh, because, you know... Well, I'm teaching a course on Wednesday evenings to people that are newer to following Jesus. It's called Next, especially for those who have taken the uh, course learning about faith in Jesus, called the course called Alpha. And they're with me Wednesday nights. A couple of Wednesday nights ago, I was teaching them how to feed yourself spiritually from the Bible. And I said, start with the Gospel of John. And we gave them some beautiful copies of the Gospel of John. And I could just, you know, this past week when I was studying, I, I was trying to think, what are they going to think when they come to these words of Jesus? I will do whatever you ask in my so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And I'm thinking they're going to be reading that and say, anything? Wow! Uh, following Jesus is amazing. There really is a Santa Claus, you know? Like, this is amazing. I can ask anything in his name, and, and he will do it. I mean, seriously. Listen, over my years as pastor, I have heard people pray in the name of Jesus for everything from a certain car to a certain boyfriend. You know what I mean, girlfriend? Like, it's just... It's just like, and they say, it's sort of Jesus' name. They read this, whoa, Jesus' name is like a magic wand, and I can wave it over all my wants and wishes, and it shall be done. You know, it sort of fits in so well with where you were, Pastor Jonathan. Wasn't that an amazing message on real freedom that we had from Pastor Jonathan last weekend? Now, real freedom, he was telling, it's not something you just come up and get prayer for. You walk in that freedom. It's not a wand of freedom. It's a walk. You persevere. You follow God. You get down, you fall down, and you get back up again. It's a walk of freedom. And... Uh, you know, but we read this sometimes and we can get the idea that it's much like me with my wife Esther because, uh, you know, every home has its division of labor. And in my home, uh, Esther has always been the main cook because she is an amazing cook. And I learned when the boys were a little older that if I wanted to have anything I wanted to eat, all I had to do was use the name of David or Matthew. You know what David really likes, honey? It's on the grocery list. You know what I mean? Just amazing. And it got even easier. Daughter-in-laws came along. You know what Katie's favorite food is? Oh, see, it's cooked. You know what I'm saying? 
Is this, and then it's getting easier. I got four grandsons, all who eat solid food now. I can name anything and she will make it, you know? It's just, I mean, that, that's, that's exactly the way some people see the name of Jesus. You see, these names of Reuben and Finley and, and, and Cormac and Levin, they have power over Nona. There's, there's, there's power in a name. You know, watch this. Well, I am going to cause you to react internally, please, unless it spills out. Internally, I'll say a name, and, and, and there'll be something in your mind. Watch this now. Your reaction will be based on what you know about this person. If you don't know them, you're not going to react at all. Who's that? What you know about them, and listen to me, what you believe about them, who you believe them to be, all right? Watch this. Nelson Mandela. Hillary Clinton. How many are holding it in? Oprah Winfrey. Wayne Gretzky. Kyle Lowry. Some of you are really holding it in right now. All right, I got one for Watch this one. Adolf Hitler. Do you know, to this day in Germany, it is still illegal to name your child Adolf. That name is so associated with evil, so much evil done in that name. It's illegal to call your child Adolf. All right, here's some more. Queen Elizabeth. See, anyone who's a royalist is just suppressing it right now. Tim Horton. How many thought of a hockey player? Yeah? How many thought of coffee? How many said, how many thought this? I prefer Starbucks. <laughs> Okay, I'm saving one. Donald Trump. <laughs> How many, his name has the power to make you bite your tongue. Anyway, those names have power. But watch this now. The power that they have is based on what? Our knowledge, if we know them, our knowledge of them. And then secondly, on who we believe them to be. That gives us some understanding of why the name of Jesus has power for some and not so much for others. Because some don't know him. They don't know who he really is. And so they don't know his power. You know, our, our viewpoints on Jesus vary. There's quite a range. Let, let, let's sort of uh, put it on. A, I, someone on our... Someone, one of our volunteers did this and uh, made it so we can actually read it, all right? But let's start on the minus scale, where the name of Jesus is a swear word. Two quick observations about that. How many know swearing, <laughs> using the name of the Lord in vain, is a long ways from revering him as Lord and God? Do you know that in the Old Testament times, they had such respect and reverence for the sacred name of God, that it was never spoken by the Jewish people? except by the priest and only on certain holy days. And to this day, a lot of them won't even write it down. They have this sort of code thing that they will put down when they're referring to Jehovah or, or to God. That's the reverence that they had. And yet, just taken it in vain. And then, I've often wondered, why do people use the name of Jesus to swear? 
And I've read some studies on it. It's a forbidden kind of place to go, and, and that's the attraction. But you never hear uh, people using the name of Buddha or Allah or Confucius. When's the last time you saw someone, you walk along and stub their toe, boom, oh, Buddha. You know what? It just, it just doesn't happen. It's almost like in the deepest part of the human psyche, they recognize the uniqueness and the reality of Jesus. Anyway, you may have noticed that it doesn't even make it on the scale. I don't even give it, it's on the minus part of this graph. All right. There's another use of the name of Jesus that used to really, really bother me. And that was when I found it in my studies that the name Jesus was not an uncommon name when Jesus was named Jesus. The Hebrew, they would say it this way in the Hebrew language, Joshua. How many heard Joshua was around a long time ago? It means deliverer or savior. And then Yeshua is it in the Greek. That, that was not an, there had, you had other parents who thought, well, we want our child to make a contribution to the world and to society, and they called him Yeshua. That used to really bother me. And then I found out that there are still some, uh, especially in Spanish-speaking countries of the world, where they will still name their child, I can't even say it, but you know that name. They'll name him. And so I, I like to plan ahead. And I thought, Pastor Jonathan, like, what if um, we're such an international church? What if someone comes to me and they, you know, they, they say, hi, Pastor Keith, my name is? Yeah. And what will I do? Well, first of all, I don't remember names very well, but I think I remember that one. I, I think I'd say this to him. I think I'd say, hey, do you have a nickname that you go by? What's your second name? What's your last name? I'll call you Mr. You know, whatever the last name is. And then I also planned ahead. I thought, you know, if any parent ever comes to me and says, Pastor Keith, you know, will you dedicate my baby? The baby's name is? Yeah. I'll just say, I'm not the lead pastor anymore. Go talk to Pastor Jonathan. That's what I'll do. See, I'm planning ahead here. I'm planning ahead. But listen, how many understand this? That just because someone's name is Jesus, that doesn't mean that they have a more powerful name than you or I. It is zero power in that name. If it's just the name of a person on their birth certificate. Now, as Jesus traveled around in his public ministry, he first became known as a rabbi as a teacher. And it was part of the, especially the religious system of the day. If you had a teacher that you admired, you'd say, would you be my rabbi? And they would have disciples and they would follow him. And, and, and Jesus had that happening with his uh, 12 that he called to follow him. And, uh, but they, they knew him as rabbi, teacher. And that's how a lot of people knew Jesus. Just an amazing teacher. To this day, there are people that say, that's that I know Jesus to be. He's a great teacher, a champion of human in causes of injustice, and he helped people. He's up there in the same category as Gandhi and Mother Teresa, Martin Luther King Jr. That's where Jesus has made an amazing contribution in the history of humankind. And we put him there. He was a great teacher. But then, of course, as Jesus traveled around, he also would 
do healings. He would teach about the kingdom of God and he would heal the sick. And so there, that, that, that brought out the crowds. How many times do the gospels say people brought the sick to Jesus that he would heal them? And it sort of was like in the Old Testament, Jesus got the name of being a healer, the healer of Galilee. And so it was just like the Old Testament where your experience with the person determined what you called them. That's how God got some of his names. How many remember reading about that part in Genesis where Abraham is, inter God intervenes with Abraham offering Isaac on the mountain and, and, and he becomes known as Jehovah Jireh because God has provided in place of Isaac a sacrifice. You know, when the, when the people of God were up against the Amalekites and they were outnumbered and God gave them victory, they said, oh God, you are our victory. You're our banner, Jehovah Nisi. And then when God healed his people, you are Jehovah Rophe. You are God, our healer. And so Jesus got a name for being the healer. And people would come to see him. And that's what they wanted. God, would you just heal me? That's all I want from you. Would you just heal me? Now watch. Where we're going with this is, is this. We'll come back to this later. Don't worry if, you, if, you, if it doesn't have full impact right now. But watch this. You'll start to see it happen. The name of Jesus is as powerful to you as who Jesus is is to you. Now, so you've got people that all they know Jesus is as a name or a teacher or a healer. That, that's as far, they put a ceiling on their faith. That's as far as they go in their belief and knowledge about Jesus. That's all they know him to be. For others, their eyes are opened. And uh, it's, it's like, watch this now, at Christmas time, when Joseph was told to call the baby's name Yeshua, Jesus, Savior, go in on to say this, for he will save his people from their sins. How many know that's unique? That's unique. That's the kind of Savior he was to be. He was to be the Messiah, the promised one that Isaiah and other prophets had told about, Jesus was to be the one who would come and, and bring redemption, salvation, deliverance to God's people. And so when Jesus traveled around, he would not only teach with authority, he would not only heal supernaturally, but more and more people began to recognize him as the Messiah. And one day, Jesus just puts it on the line. He says to the 12 up in northern Israel, Caesarea Philippi, he says, you know, these other people say I'm this and that. And he took some questions or some responses to that question. And then he said this, listen, listen to what he says. Who do you say that I am? Who do you know and believe me to be? In other words, what is my name to you? What does my name mean to you? Ah, oh, and Peter nails it. Peter says, you are the Christ, the Christ. That was a title. That was a title that was reserved for the Messiah. He says, I recognize you as the Savior Messiah. But then he goes on. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Whoa. He just took a huge leap there. Caesar's not our Lord. Jesus is our Lord. He's our God. He's above all. He just took a huge leap there. Now, if the name of Jesus 
is as powerful to us as who Jesus is to us. Can you imagine how powerful the name of Jesus is when he's recognized as, say it with me, my Lord and God? Well, when he's recognized as our Lord and God, do you know what he says to his followers? He says, I'm going to share my power and my authority with you. Remember, he sent out the 12, and then he sent out the 72 in gospel times. He sent them out, and he gave them the authority and the power to use his name to do exactly, you know, they, they taught. The kingdom of God is here. Jesus, the king, is here now. They healed people, and they taught the forgiveness of sins all in the name of Jesus. You share my power and my authority, Jesus. Now, what's the difference between power and authority? Well, let's illustrate. When you leave here today, online, don't know what the closest intersection is to you, but you just imagine it now. When you leave here today, you're probably going to go to the intersection of Kennedy and Finch, or if you're a Markhamite, you're going to Kennedy and Steeles, right? When you come to that intersection, if the, red, if the light is red, do you have the power to go? No, no, think about it. Do you have the power to go? Yeah. But do you have the authority to go? But when the light turns green, you have both the power and the authority. Isn't that amazing? Jesus entrusts us with power and authority in his name. Now, he says elsewhere. We need to just sort of glance over. He says, remember he says, teach in my name, baptize in my name, heal in my name. He says that, you know, when we're building those wells through the giving at the cafe, the prophets of the cafe, he says, when you give a cup of water in my name, you'll be rewarded for that. He says, when you feed the hungry, when you clothe people, he even says, when you visit someone in his name, you're going to be rewarded. And then Jesus says, if you ask anything in my name. So, so let me ask you this question. If Jesus is your Lord and God, are you going to go to him and ask godless stuff? <laughs> are you going to go to him and ask selfish stuff? Are you going to go and ask him for ego inflating stuff? No, you're not going to, because that's already filtered out, because he's not just your teacher, healer, and Messiah. He's your Lord and God. And so you come and you surrender every area of your life to him. John, who wrote this, there he is, John, he wrote this in the gospel. He wrote a letter that says this. Listen to what he says. I write these things to you who believe in the of who? At what level? The Son of God. These are people that say, you're my Lord and my God, all right? Not people who just know him, his name, or teacher, he says, I write to you. This is my target audience. Those of you who believe in the name of the Son of God, so that you may know that you have eternal life. Hallelujah. This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we say it aloud together with me, ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Anything according to his will. If he's your Lord and God, how many know you are on earth to say, not my will be done, but your will be done. See, I, I've been power of attorney. You know what a power of attorney is? 
First of all, when someone asks you to be a power of attorney, do you know what it means, first of all? It means that they trust you, that they trust you. Isn't it amazing that God trusts us to use the name of his son? He gives us the power and authority of his son. Wow. Someone should say, wow. Okay, say it backwards. Okay, but... (laughs) It's just amazing that he would give us that. But it also means that, that I ha- if I have power of attorney, I have the power and authority to act on behalf of that person. I can sign my name, and it's the same as if that person signed their name. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like I'm in their place. In their place. How many know we're the body of Christ? We're the hands and feet. If people are going to hear about Jesus, it's going to come from our mouths these days. Right? So it's amazing. He gives us the power and the authority to do his will. We have power of attorney as the children of God, as ministers of his gospel. And so, but does that mean I'm going to ask for anything that I want? No. If he's my Lord and God, how many know the only thing I'm going to ask is what is consistent with his will? His will. What he declares that he wants to happen. So let's finish this sentence now. Watch this. We not only have power and authority, we have the power and authority with a purpose. To do whose will? Jesus' will. All right. Let's just go over here for a little bit, okay? Just a few examples because this will help bring clarity to this. What about people who know the name of Jesus as a name or teacher, or maybe even know him as a healer? Or maybe they want forgiveness every now and then so that they'll feel better psychologically, but that's as far as it goes. That's all they know of Jesus. Well, we've seen already, I I told you that the name of Jesus is only as powerful to you as who Jesus is to you. And so if that's as far as it goes, if that's the ceiling that they have set on their faith in Jesus, their knowledge of him and their belief in him, then that's as far as it's going to go. And that's why, because sometimes we get a little ticked off when we see people doing stuff in the name of Jesus, and it's not even the stuff that Jesus did, right? And we're saying, how can they do that and speak in the name of Jesus? And it's all about getting for self. Watch this. Jesus already covered that in Matthew chapter 7. He said this. He's talking about the day where every human being that has ever lived will stand before him, the merciful and righteous judge. And he says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your, and in your, I mean, his name's all over the place. We drive out demons in your name. We perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evil doers. How many understand that Jesus is not fooled by anyone who tries to misuse his name for personal gain? He's not fooled by that. Matter of fact, we're not going to get it. We don't have time to get into it, but write down Acts 19 if you want to read a sad but humorous story about these guys that they're going around trying to do that magic wand. Freedom! I bring you freedom in the name of Jesus and Paul. They would say, in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. And it's just, it's sort of humorous the way that, you know, the powers of darkness respond and say, Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. Who the beep are you? You know, just sort of, and, and, and then, and then they, they're, they're, it backfires on them. It sort of implodes on them. Why? Did they know Jesus as Lord and God? No, 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 no. It was down here somewhere. They knew he had power, but they wanted to use it for themselves. I remember when I was youth pastor, not that long ago, Pastor Jonathan, 
And uh, it was 77, and I uh, was, um, there, uh, all right, I'm going to cut to it because everyone in every service so far understood this, and I expect the same of you. Oh, dear. Um, there's this girl that started to come out to youth. It was obvious to everyone. She was not interested in anything to do with Jesus. She was interested in guys. Do I need to say more? No, thank you. All right, I mean, it was just, anyway. And you'd reach out to her with grace and truth and try and help. She's not interested in anything to do with that. She just, it was down here somewhere in her faith. And, and I never forget the day she made an appointment to come to see me, and she was so ticked off at Jesus. She said, she said she'd been out partying, stuff happened, and she said, in the middle of it all, I called out to Jesus and he didn't help me. You know, there's no power in the name of Jesus, Pastor Keith. I waved the magic wand and it didn't work. But what was the name of Jesus to her? What was the name of Jesus to her? He, he certainly wasn't her Lord and her King. She wasn't wanting to do his will. And how many understand, we all mess up in trying to do his will. How many are thankful he's our Savior? <laughs> He didn't come for us to forgive us of our sins and keep forgiving us because we get it right, but because we get it wrong. We're not talking about getting it right all the time. We're talking about where we're, what, Jesus, I need your forgiveness because you're my Lord and God. She was a long way from that. The name of Jesus is only as powerful to you as who Jesus is to you. Watch this. Jesus goes to his hometown of Nazareth. Reads from Isaiah, I've come to heal the brokenhearted. You know, good news, teach and heal, empower, kingdom of God. And then, what do they say? Hey, how can you say that? Isn't this just Jesus, the carpenter? The son of Mary? They, had him down. they wouldn't even let him be a rabbi teacher. They had him somewhere down here. Now listen, it's one of the most startling things you'll see in all of the Gospels. It says this, when Jesus went to his hometown Nazareth, listen, you can read it yourself. It says this, he was not able to do many miracles there except to lay hands on a few sick people. And that was it. Why? How many understand? Did Jesus have less power when he went to Nazareth? No, he has all power, all the time. But Jesus was to them, and his power was to them. His name was just, just who Jesus was to them. And he was not their Lord and God. They didn't recognize him as Messiah. Some recognized him as healer. How many? But most it was down here somewhere. Have you ever noticed how many times Jesus will say this? In various ways. He'll say this. According to your faith, be it unto you. Do you see that? See, who do you say I am? Well, according to that, that's what you're going to get kind of a thing, you know? It doesn't mean we all have perfect faith, but how many know? Our faith is not a quantity. Faith is a person. It's who you place your faith in that determines whether you have real faith or not. You know, you can come up here today and just say, I, I, I just don't feel I have any. I'm just numb in my feelings. But I know this, Jesus is my Lord and my God. How many know that's faith? Because you're placing it in a person no matter how you feel. I trust Jesus. All right. 
all right, so we, we, we said that, that that's, that's the person who is down here somewhere. What about the people who say, Jesus, you're my Lord and my God. You're my Lord and my God. Well, you have to see Peter and John. Jesus has been raised from the dead. They're filled with his Holy Spirit. Thousands of people uh, say yes to Jesus on the day of Pentecost. They're on their way to the temple courts to teach them, sort of his own, their own next course, you know, to teach the people at the temple courts. And on the way, they see something that a lot of the people saw every day. The same crippled and lame beggars would line the street as you went into the temple. It's the same if you go to Jerusalem today at some of the gates of the city. They'll still be there begging for money. And so this was the same. And Peter's walking by and suddenly he stops. Something rises in his heart. He'd walk by this guy probably many times, maybe even with Jesus with them a few weeks before. And he looks at him and he and he realizes God wants to do something here. And the guy's begging for money. And you know how he says, uh, Peter says, silver and gold I don't have. I don't have any money. But what I do have, I give to you. I have the power and authority. I have the power of eternity to do something for you in the name of Jesus. And he says this. He says this. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Walk. Now, he, Peter and John did not have that power or their authority, but they did have it in the name of Jesus. And so it caused quite a stir because a lot of the people knew him. You'll see that in the next verse. They come running and, and, and Peter says, why so surprised? By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and they've seen him there. They know the guy. He was made strong. And he, because he, his ankles, and I prayed with a guy this morning at the same thing, and I just prayed Jesus did the same thing for him. His ankles and, and, and feet became strong, instantaneously. You know, those muscles that hadn't been used since birth were suddenly fully developed and strong. And so a crowd, and so Peter goes on. You know, Peter, he's not going to just sort of let this opportunity pass nor should he. And he, he, say, he gets to the part where he talks about this was done in the name of Jesus who died on the cross for you and rose from the dead for you. And when he gets to the part about resurrection of the dead, out come the religious police. And they're going to shut Peter and John down talking about Jesus being risen from the dead. And so uh, they, they ask they asked them this. Notice, notice how they frame the question. The religious council says, by what power or in whose name have you done this? They know Peter and John can't do supernatural. Whose name, whose authority are you acting in? By what power have you done this? And uh, they, they're just basically letting them have it. And, and saying it was in the name of Jesus who you crucified, but God raised from the dead. And the religious council told them, no more name of Jesus. And they basically said, that's like telling us to stop breathing. We're born again. This new life we have is going to stop breathing if we can't breathe the name of Jesus. How many, if you knew the cure to cancer and you kept it to yourself, and when you know Jesus is the cure... For all humankind's brokenness, how many of you can't keep quiet about him? They're sort of saying what Paul said later. Listen, for us to be alive is Jesus Christ. If we're going to be alive, it's going to be all about Jesus. 
For me to live is Christ. If I die, that's gain, because then I get to see my Savior face to face. Peter and John go back to the church. They're of the same view. They go back with this cease and desist order from the religious council, and the church responds to the legislated shutdown with these words. Look at this. First words out of their mouths when they start to pray, Sovereign Lord. My Lord and my God, I can't go any higher than the God who is above all. Sovereign Lord. Now, Lord, I'm I'm just taking bits and pieces of the prayer that are applicable to this name teaching. Enable your servants to speak, you know, to to teach the good news of you. Stretch out your hand to heal. How? Through the name of your holy servant Jesus. (laughs) And listen, you're here, and you're even watching me online. It's evidence that not only were they not shut down, but you will never shut down people when they know that Jesus is not just a name. He's not just a teacher that shows them the way to live. He's not just a healer who's there for 911 calls. He's not just the one who forgives our sins when we mess up. You will not be able to shut down people who know Jesus and name him as their Lord and their God. You will not be able to shut them down. Oh, that's why we're, we're going to close this service singing, You have no rival, Jesus. You have no equal. Yours is a name above every name. Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, and it's forever and ever. And everyone said, Amen. That's why we sing that. So in a few moments, we're going to sing a song about the name of Jesus, and then we're going to ask our pastors, elders, and prayer team, and I'll go and I'll pray with you that are joining us online, and and we're going to pray with you. Because, listen, I don't know how many times in my life that because Jesus is my Lord and my God that he's proven himself to be my healer. And when I saw my son David up here leading cathedral a couple of weekends ago, well, a couple of things went through my mind. Wow, where did he get that hair? You know, anyway, (laughs) like I wanted to have in the 70s, you know. And secondly, it always, I'm just so thankful. Esther and I are so grateful that our sons love Jesus because of their own decision and are serving him. And then with their wives and families, that's just a treasure. The other thing that went through my mind, I thought, oh Lord, how different his life could have been because David didn't start out very healthy. He couldn't keep any meltdown as an infant. And first three months of his life, and he couldn't keep down mum's milk. Couldn't. Then the doctors had put him on Similac. That doesn't work. Put him on Soilac. That didn't work. We had him on every kind of lack you can think of, and he was still lacking. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I came home after work at the church to our little townhouse in Edmonton, and Esther was pacing back and forth, just just holding her little newborn infant. She's a nurse herself, and just felt there's nothing more I can do. And I said, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? When she could finally speak to me, she said, well, the doctor said there's nothing more that we can do except to admit him to the hospital through emergency, and we'll find out what the devil's going on. (laughs) Those are his exact words. And, you know, we'd seen children at the church in Edmonton healed. I remember the parents, Pastor Jonathan, on the way home from the hospital, stopped by my office, said, would you pray for healing for our baby? Because the doctors told us 
you can take her home, but don't get attached to her because, you know, not much chance of her living. Jesus healed her instantaneously in my office that day. So I, I'd had that, and, and yet I somehow, I don't know what I was thinking, but I just somehow just always thought, well, Esther's a nurse, and the doctors are watching over this, and a lot of kids throw up food, and so that, you know, I just, I didn't realize the seriousness of it. Admit into the hospital? And we'll find out what the devil's going on. Am I, the word something, something rose in my spirit in that moment that has to do with the name of Jesus. As my Lord and my God. And I said, Esther, the devil has nothing to do with what happens to our child. And faith was there. I knew it was going to happen. I said, Esther, lay David down on our bed. We're going to lay hands on him. And Jesus is going to heal him right now. Jesus healed him instantaneously. Did not throw up his food. Matter of fact, watch this. We went to, Esther went to, uh, you know, you, you have these regular appointments where you check on the percentile of your child. Back then it was probably pre-computer. At least this part wasn't on the computer. And so you did it on a chart with a pencil. Do you know what an eraser, millennials, do you know what an eraser is? Think, think delete, okay? The nurse, when she saw, when they took David's, you know, weight and all this, she started to erase his weight on the former meeting because she said to Esther, there's no way he could have gone from here to here. And Esther was able to say, oh yes, he did. We prayed and Jesus healed our son. Isn't that great? How many of there's power in the name of Jesus? But, he's, but it's when you know him as Lord and God, then you experience all these other things. Because the name of Jesus is as powerful to you as who Jesus is to you. How many say, I know him as my Lord and my God? Amen? Then let me tell you what you can expect today. You can expect him to say to you, and let's look at these words from John now again, I will do whatever you ask in my, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Oh, may the presence of the Lord and God, Jesus Christ, be present in in this place. Amen. Make sure you don't miss a message by subscribing to this podcast. All creative content and production for this podcast is provided by the One Church Creative Team.